Last week, I'm not going to name names because I don't want to embarrass anybody, but last week I was uh, visibly, emotionally moved by a person uh, in the congregation on, on uh, uh, how, they, how they served and how they, how they um, just were conducting themselves. And uh, it got to the place of, of I, you know, I want to... I'm going to change my message for next week because it really convicted me and it got to the place of this, friends, this is more for me than it is for you, but uh, you, can, you can be a part of it too and participate. It's four-eyed vision. Uh, this, this message is probably 30 years old, 25 years old. And uh, I've, I've preached it all over the country. And I can't remember if I ever did it here. I may have, but uh, it's, it's going to be a little different. But uh, it, it really came home to uh, settle in my heart yesterday at the memorial service that we had here. Okay. So I'm gonna, I want to look at Romans uh, 1, 3, 13 through 16. And Paul writes, he says, I did not want you to be unaware, brethren, that often I've planned to come to you and have been prevented so far that I may obtain some fruit among you, among you also, even as among the rest of the Gentiles. I am under obligation both to the Greeks and to the barbarians, both to the wise and to the foolish. So for my part, I'm eager to preach the gospel to you who are in Rome, for I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. When I was in fourth grade, I, I couldn't see. Um, I, and, you know, when kids in, in the fourth grade are, uh, especially boys, uh, are easily distracted. And if I couldn't see, I was, I needed to make, I, I was, a tr- I created a disturbance. And even bringing me up in front of the, of the class, uh, I still couldn't see. And so the, the, the teacher uh, talked to my mom, and she says, I don't, think that, I don't think that John's vision, you need to get him checked. So they took me to this uh, eye doctor, old Doc Barkoviak. Well, he was a hoot. He was like my dentist, too. They just, these guys were characters. But uh, he put the big thing on me and spun the dials, and, and, uh, and he says, uh, well, Sadie, that was my mom, well, Sadie, the boy has got, uh, he's nearsighted, Again, I'm in fourth grade. He's nearsighted and he has an astigmatism. I thought I was going to die. <laughs> yeah. The next day I went to school and for the first time in my life, the first time in a long time, I could see. And I realized how much I had been missing and, and I spent the rest of my life as a student trying to catch up from the fourth grade. And kids... You know, you have those glasses on. Kids can be ruthless, can't they? You know, old four eyes, and they make, they make fun of you. But it was okay. I mean, it ruined my day, but it was okay because I could see. And since then, my vision has come back. I've got vision again. I, I, I've gone through regular glasses. I've, I've had bifocals, trifocals. i got cataracts. Now I drive a Dodge. So, so uh, 
I, but, but I can... Did you get that? Okay, all right. Okay. So, so now I can see. And the vision I want to talk about today, though, friends, is a spiritual vision. I want to talk about the vision of the heart, a vision for believers uh, uh, and, and lost alike. I want that to have a, 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 a heart, beat within our hearts of, of where our passion is. Do we have a vision for brothers and sisters in Christ who, who just need to be encouraged? And do we, have a, do we have a vision for those people that are going to come into our, into our church? And we don't know them, but they probably don't know Christ. And are we going to have that same kind of vision to reach them as Christ would have wanted us to reach them, as Paul demonstrated so this passage is true four-eyed vision. The first thing, I, ha- I might have some fruit. I might have some fruit. Verse 13. Uh, did you know that not all fruit is fruit? Not all fruit is fruit. The, the apple, blueberry, strawberry, blackberry, apricot, and the flower spirea are all related to the rose family. Did you know that? I did not. So not everything is as it appears. Things are different. Some things aren't as you would expect them to be. But Paul demonstrates his passion for people in that he longed to see his Roman brothers and sisters. But he also was looking at a wider aspect for his vision. He's saying, basically, among your community, there's some folks that are lost. And I want to, I want to have some fruit. I want to harvest some souls. I want to be in that place where Jesus is going to be able to use me to touch their lives in a way that's going to make a difference eternally. I want to bear some fruit. And he had this passion for the unsaved, and it, 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 burned, it burned deep within him. And, and so I wonder, do you have Paul's passion? You know, the, the, the passion for your, your start. let's start with your family. If there are people within your immediate family that that don't know Christ as their Savior, are you, are you passionate about reaching them for Christ? And what about people that you know? And, and are, you, are you burdened? How's your vision? And I'm burdened for the children that God sends our way. We spent a lot of years training and, and being trained uh, for reaching children with the gospel of Christ and see those lives, those little lives change drastically. I'm, I'm burdened for these kids. They're, they're being attacked. They're being thrown away. They're being abused. They're being swallowed up by the devil. And I have a real vision. My, my, part of my four-eyed vision is to reach those kids. It was Sarita brought it to my attention that you know, we don't have this big Awana club. Uh, we had, I think, 25 kids last week, and, and we thought there was 1,000 here. <laughs> you know, we're not used to that. But God has done something incredible, friends. If, if, you don't, if you don't do anything else, you don't have anything to do on a Sunday night other than sit home and watch reruns of Bonanza, come on out and, and uh, watch what God is doing through these leaders in the lives of these children. It's amazing. And God has sent special kids 
to us. And when God sends special kids to us, we can't have a whole lot of other kids because it takes a lot of time, those one-on-ones. And, and so we've, we've really got this, this, this heart for kids in this church. So where's your vision? You know, I, I want to bear fruit. I want you to bear fruit. We've all been called to be, to, by God to be ministers, and, and I don't know where you're at. I, I, got, a, I got a message uh, yesterday with some incredible ideas that scared me to death. I said, yeah, okay, you want to do it, do it, great. You know, just tell me what you need because I, I, I haven't been able to wrap my arms around it yet. It's that big. And we've got some other things that, that are going to be able to, hopefully we're going to be able to impact uh, uh, people in our community. Huge ministries. But it's going to take time. And we need to obediently serve God with a desire to bear that fruit. Ministry isn't easy. Man, is it messy. It, I mean, you, it is messy. But it's always profitable when we're obediently serving Jesus Christ. If we're consistent and prepare the soil, we're going to see some fruit. We're going to see friends and, and loved ones saved. We're going to see kids saved and growing. We're going to see young people excited about missions and, and, and the ministry. So we had this, this, uh, this uh, memorial service yesterday, and, uh, and man, I got to be with some servants of God that, I mean, you guys that were here and you know who you are, uh, it, it, was just, it was just incredible. You, you, were, you, were like, you were like a bunch of sanctified ants. And I mean, is this going to, yeah, it's all right, done. Don't worry about it, John. Hey, how about, hey, don't worry about it, I got it. Yeah, but the, don't worry about it, go do something holy. <laughs> so, so I get home. And, uh, you know, I yawn, I sweat, so you, you know that. I, 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 I get sweaty real easy. And, but, I mean, I, my socks were sweaty. And I get home, and, and I'm greeted by my two really special, well, they're all special, but my two granddaughters, Ruthie and, and uh, uh, Brianna. And we got to talking. And they're, they're talking about, you know, uh, Brianna wants to be a nurse, and she wants to stay in, in uh, town and, and uh, uh, study nursing at, at uh, Marina- uh, Maranatha, <laughs> well, maybe, at uh, Washburn. And, uh, and Ruthie, you know, what's, what's going on with you, girl? She says, Grandpa, I, I really, I don't, I, I don't know what I want to do other than, she says, I want to serve Jesus Christ. That, that had to come from her great-grandma and her grandma and her mama and these, these, these men and women who have had a, a part to play in her life to encourage her. I just want to serve Jesus. And so where do you go to get that done? You know, now it's, everything is this secular school. So we gave her some ideas, and, and uh, this young lady has some wonderful vision and I hope that some of this is going to be catching on and you can say the same thing in your families. You've got these kids, you've got these grandkids that they are they, they have this passion to reach their friends and they have a passion to serve and they want to bear some fruit among their peers. 
she recognized exactly what Paul was preaching, which is the second point. I'm a debtor. I'm a debtor. To be a debtor is to be obligated to owe something to someone. And Paul acknowledges the fact that, that he owed a debt to Jesus Christ, a debt that if he lived to be 100 years old, he would never be able to repay it. And that debt was eternal life, and Paul had to share the good news with everyone he come, came in contact with. And, you know, part of my testimony, I was a degenerate. I really was. I was not a good person at all. And, and yet, Jesus loved me so much that he died for my sins. He took the punishment that I deserved upon himself. And, friends, I'm a debtor. And even if the worst thing that you ever did was steal a cookie from the cookie jar when your mom said, no cookies today, you're a debtor. And without Christ, we all are sin, sick, dying, and heading for hell. We have this debt. Jesus paid that price at Calvary. He ransomed me. He, he didn't tell me to clean my life up first. He took me right where I was, just like he did with you guys. I'm a debtor. But wait, there's more. <laughs> he paid the price. He wiped the slate clean when I came to faith. He set my feet on that solid rock. I was sin sick, dying, heading for hell, and he made the difference. I'm a debtor, friends. A debtor to, to, to the fact that, that if I had a hundred lifetimes to live, I could never repay it. So today I serve that all alpha and the omega, the, the author and the finisher of my faith, the bread of life, the bright morning star, the good shepherd. I'm talking about the Lord of lords, the lion of Judah, the, the lamb of God, the only begotten of God. He's prophet, priest, and king. I'm a debtor and I am compelled to serve him. Well, the third thing is, I'm ready to preach. I'm ready to preach. Uh, preaching is not beating on the pulpit, uh, shaking your fist and shouting. That's just showmanship. Um, uh, it's not wowing people with mispronounced Greek words. <laughs> it's, uh, it's not 30 minutes of stand-up comedy. It's, it's authentic, pre- authentic preaching is proclaiming the good news. It's sharing the gospel. And you know what it is. I want to repeat it and repeat it and repeat it. It's in 1 Corinthians 13, 15, 3 through 4. He says, For I deliver to you as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scripture. And he was buried and that he was raised on the third day according to the Scriptures. Friends, are you ready to preach? Are you, are you ready to proclaim that what happened in your life is what these people need? What you, what, uh, we, we had, I had this, this wonderful opportunity to, to share this good news to people yesterday. I don't know who, if any, uh, were saved. But I know that there were some who certainly needed it. And so... Young people, are you ready to preach? Yeah? Well, I'm a girl. I can't be a preacher. That's not true. You can be a preacher. You can proclaim Jesus Christ to your unsaved friends. So you can go places I can't. I can't get into. But you can. And you can share your faith. And all they can do is say, don't do that. And they'll haul your mom and dad in and say, do you know what your children are doing? Uh... Did they set something on fire again? <laughs> no, they're talking about Jesus. 
And so your dad rips open his shirt and says, you mean this Jesus? <laughs> and, and, you know, he's wearing this t-shirt that says Jesus, his Lord. <laughs> Are you ready to preach, kids? Businessmen, men, what, do you, what do you talk about to that person if you're sitting on an airplane going someplace? Or you're sitting in a conference. You ready to preach? Uh, 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 well, I, I, don't, I, I, I don't know. I, it's, that's uncomfortable. Well, John Stott said the only preaching God honors through which his wisdom and power are expressed is the preaching of a man who is willing to be both the weakling and the fool. The fourth eye, the four-eyed vision, I'm not ashamed. Um, anybody remember the years 1970 to 1973? Huh? Anybody? Okay. Think back. You weren't even born. <laughs> Think back, if you can. There, there, there was a lot of turmoil in the world, but, but for a time, three short, three short years, there was a little bit of peace underneath all the unrest. And there was a reason for that. There was a peace because I was a key player with the Hudson River land and sea irregulars. Now, we patrolled the Hudson River keeping the East Coast free from communist attack. You talk to my wife and the family, they said, you were just water skiing. Yeah, we were, but that was a ruse. We were trolling for North Vietnamese submarines. And in that three years, I'm telling you, friends, not one of them got by us. Not a one. Didn't see any, but they didn't get by us. I'm proud to have had the privilege to serve. I certainly wasn't a hero. If, if your parents or a spouse rushes into a burning building and rescues somebody, you'd tell the world about that, wouldn't you? See, they're a hero. But Jesus Christ did something much more heroic when he went to the cross for each of us. And he hung there, naked, bled, died for us. He took on all the sin of the world, past, present, and future. How can I possibly be ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ? That's the power of salvation that Paul's talking about here. In fact, it's the cornerstone of ministry. It's the power. It's the dynamite. In fact, the, the word power, uh, we get our word dynamite from that word in its original. And what we're talking about, what we're about is sharing this power with the unsaved world. You know, beggars showing other beggars where to get bread. That's what we are. I get the paycheck and you don't. But we both are beggars showing other beggars where to get this bread. Paul uh, previously illustrated that he was a debtor to the Greeks and the non-Greeks and, and the ground at the foot of the cross is level and salvation promises the forgiveness of sin and the restoration of all that sin has broken and torn apart. Let's get busy. So John, it makes me uncomfortable. It makes me uncomfortable. I am by nature a, 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 an introverted person, kind of shy. Yeah, 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 right. No, I, I'm, 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 I'm not kidding. I, it's, it's really tough 
to stand before you and tell you what I think that God, what, what you need to be hearing about God. When I know there's some of you that could be standing up here saying the same thing. The cool thing is that he says, John, I've chosen you. I didn't choose them. And so that's what I get to do. And because of that, how in the world can I be ashamed of what God has given me to be a minister to serve you? And if you wait for the Lord to open the door to talk to somebody about faith, it's just as easy as sitting down and having a a cup of coffee and a cookie with your dear Aunt Martha. It's that easy. People who the Lord may send your way are interested in spiritual things. They really are. So preach to them, share Jesus Christ to them, get out of the way, and watch the Holy Spirit work. And let me ask you, do you have that four-eyed vision, friend? Maybe you don't have a ministry and perhaps your witness has been weak and ineffective. Maybe you need to honestly evaluate your walk with the Lord and get that vision. Seek to bear fruit. We have a community out here that, that is filled with people who need the Lord. Who is filled with people that, that we can have a part in their life somehow. Bear fruit. Friends, you're a debtor, every one of you. I repossessed farm machinery for Massey Ferguson for a number of years, made a good living at it. I didn't take it from people who didn't owe. (laughs) I took the machinery from people who didn't pay their bill. They were debtors. But this isn't anything like that. I'm a debtor and, and I didn't do anything wrong other than say yes to Jesus. And I think we all need to proclaim the gospel. And the last thing we we need to be able to unequivocally say that we're not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen? Makes sense? Do you have your specs on? Those four eyes? Even you say, I have perfect, perfect vision. No, you don't. You may have perfect, perfect biological vision. But do you have that perfect four-eyed vision that Paul talks about in Romans 1? Father, we thank you. We thank you for your word. We thank you for who you are, what you've done uh, through your word. Lord, how you use the word to impact our church, our community, the the people that that we rub shoulders with day in and day out. Lord, give us that burden to touch lives and make a difference because of who you are working in our life. Father, if there's one here that doesn't know you as Savior, may this be the day that they put on their spiritual glasses, their their four-eyed vision, and it starts by understanding that, that they need to be saved from their sin. And if you're here and you don't know Christ, you can pray a real simple prayer. Prayer doesn't save you. But your attitude of heart does. Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. And in the best way I know how, I ask you to come into my life and save me from my sin. And I believe when you died on that cross, you died in my place, that I could have eternal life with you in heaven. And I thank you for that.